It's wonderful to be able to worship God on the Lord's Day. Last week, uh, we started talking about a a short series of lessons that that all revolve around the idea of, of what we believe, and what we believe is based on the Word of God. And, and, and so these are things that we need to follow. But last week, uh, we mentioned about, you know, I believe in God, and I believe in the church. And, you know, I, I want to add to that thought this morning with, I believe in holiness. Now see, just to remind us a little bit of what we talked about last week, what, what is the purpose of the church? You know, you hear people say, you know, there's benevolence and evangelism and edification. Those are, uh, the, the, that's the mission of the church. Those are the works of the church right there. That sums it all up. But that actually does not sum it up at all. Because the work of the church comes in Ephesians chapter 3. Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 21. It says, Unto him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus Unto all generations forever and ever. So what is the purpose of the church? What is the mission of the church? The mission of the church is to simply glorify God. Now those things that we mentioned, those fall into that. Evangelism definitely falls into that. Benevolence falls into that. Edification within the congregation, that falls into that category. But it is not solely the way... That we glorify God, right? That is our purpose, brethren. Our purpose is to glorify God, and we do that in whatever way we possibly can. We have to glorify God. That is our purpose. Now, we talked about this purpose, and we mentioned a couple of passages. Now, one was Romans chapter 12, verses 4 through 8, and that we mentioned that there are different things that we do. Uh, we, we all have different abilities. And so we need to use those talents, those abilities, in, in whatever way we can to glorify God. We need to do that as much as possible. And if we do that, then we are going to be able to bring souls to Christ. And that is just, just a simple fact, brethren. Another thing that we mentioned was 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, we read verses 13 through 27, and we talked about how you know, the, the, the church is the body of Christ. And the body, of course, as we see in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, is it's mentioned here, and the body has different members. It has different members. It has different responsibilities, if you will. And, and we cannot say, you know, I, don't, I, I wish I were the eye. You know, and, and the whole body can't be the eye because the other parts of the body have specific functions that make it function properly. And we mentioned too that you know if you ever if you ever injure yourself, you realize how much you needed that that uh, body part that you injured. You know you stub your toe and you know it. And so we need to remember that we are the body of Christ, and that individually we have different functions. That we can do things to the best of our ability, and when we do those things, we're glorifying God, and we are building up the body. We mentioned also Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20. I have been crucified with Christ, 
And it is no longer I that live, but Christ living in me. And that life, which I now live in the flesh, I live in faith, the faith which is in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. If we love the Lord, then we are going to want to glorify him. But you know what? The Lord has set up His church to glorify Him. The Lord has set up His church to basically be a mouthpiece for Him. To go out and to speak to the people and bring those people to Him. The Lord needs us to do our part. Now the thought is this, brethren. I know that we're from different places, you know, and and uh, some of us are, are from far and near. You know, we, we've got all sorts of different people here. And we might even think differently in some areas. We might do things differently. But we are brethren. Now concerning... Concerning the church, well, we mentioned last week that it is the called out. And what is it? It's the called out of the world. It's the called out for Christ. And that brings up a very interesting thought to me. If we are the called out, if we are truly the called out, doesn't that mean, doesn't that necessitate that we're different? It should. Now, I know that's not the popular thing to teach these days because people uh, in the religious world today say, hey, look, being a Christian is easy. Being a Christian is easy. Let me show you how easy it is. Those people do not know the Scriptures. They err in not knowing the Scriptures because, brethren, the Christian life is simply not easy. Anybody that tells you otherwise... They're either ignorant or they're a liar. When we are thinking about holiness, that is what sets us apart, isn't it? You know, being at work and someone starts telling that joke that's, well, it's not a good joke to listen to. Uh, You need to move away from the conversation and you move away from the conversation and then that's when the eyes start rolling. That's when the comments start coming. That's when they start making fun of the Christian. But brethren, no matter what the case is for us, holiness is what is supposed to set us apart from the world. Holiness is essential to fulfilling our purpose. You ever been to a congregation where, where everybody just lived just like everybody else, everybody in the world? How, how do you think they're going to bring people in? Oh, yeah, sure. You know, I've, I've had people say, well, oh, yeah, you know, they'll bring people in just fine. No, 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 no. How would they bring in faithful Christians? You can't do that. You just can't do that. It's not going to work. 
You don't bring in faithful Christians through compromise. You don't bring in faithful Christians by doing the things that they do. You don't bring in faithful Christians through sin. I've, I don't know if you're familiar with this. Have you ever heard of the, the group Heaven's Harlots? They were back, I guess, I don't know, the 90s or something. Um, Heaven's Harlots, a prostitution ring of people who said that their motive was to bring people to God. Does that make sense, brethren? To them it did. But does that exhibit holiness? Colossians 3 and verse 12. Put on therefore, as God's elect, holy and beloved, a heart of compassion, kindness, lowliness, meekness, long-suffering. God's elect, they're supposed to be holy. That was the term given, holy and beloved. God's elect are holy and beloved. What about 1 Peter 1? 1 Peter 1, verses 15 and 16. But like as he who called you is holy, be yourselves also holy in all manner of living. Because it is written, ye shall be holy, for I am holy. Why are we to be holy? Because God is holy. That is the whole reason there. He commands us to be holy. That is what is descriptive of God's holy people. We are to be holy. That means that, that we need to keep ourselves from sin. That means that we need to live our, live our lives in a way that is upright. We have to be holy. Hebrews 12 and verse 14. Follow after peace with all men and the sanctification without which no man shall see the Lord. So what are we told? Two things here. Follow after peace. Be peaceable. Now that is determined upon as long as you are able to be peaceful, be peaceable. Be peaceable with all men. And the next thing is sanctification. Sanctification. We've mentioned this before. Being set apart for a holy purpose. The Lord's church must be holy. We've got a lot of preacher friends and acquaintances and Go to different places where preachers have gathered. And I've heard so many times where preachers have mentioned something along these lines. They'll talk about the congregation and wherever the congregation, you know, they are in the congregation. It, it's, it's struggling. The congregation is struggling. And the congregation has a worldly attitude. And they are not showing this idea of sanctification. They're not showing this idea of holiness. And these preachers have said, man, if we could just start over. You know, if everybody just decided to just pick up and go and we could start from scratch, we would be a lot healthier. Now, why is that? Why do people feel that way? Well, there's a couple of reasons. You know, part of holiness is the idea that we see in 1 Corinthians 5. 
A church has to be holy. And how do we keep a church holy? Whenever members of that congregation are not following the will of God, they're being uh, following uh, things that are contrary to the will of God, they are falling into sin, whatever, and we come and we confront them, Matthew 18, 15-20, and they do not follow suit, what do we do? We have to, unfortunately, because this is not pleasant, we have to withdraw our fellowship. That is how a congregation of the Lord's church can stay holy. When something bad comes in, you get rid of it, right? You know, it's, it's really easy because, see, the, 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 it's easy to understand because the body here is the church. The church and the body are, are the same. That's the example given to us. What happens with our bodies? You know, when our bodies don't like something? What if you're breathing in an area where there's some sort of allergen? Well, what's going to happen? If that allergen affects you, what are you going to start doing? You're going to start coughing. You're going to start sneezing. You're going to do that. Now, what is the purpose of coughing and sneezing? Get that stuff out. Your body doesn't want it. It is rejecting it. It is trying to get all that out of the way. The body and the church being the same here, having the same thought process with this illustration, what happens? If we have something that is, is in the body of Christ that is causing great difficulties, causing great problems, and it's not doing what is right, what do you do? You get rid of it. Now, when we, I want to clarify this because I've heard so many times people go, well, you know, talking about withdrawal fellowship, you know, that's, that's just one of those topics that, uh, you know, pulls at people's heartstrings. It does. I mean, you think about it, it's a difficult thing to go through. And so many times people think, well, you know, isn't that just cruel, right? Isn't it just cruel to do that? No, it's not cruel. It's not cruel. See, the reason that we have to do it this way, not only because God has commanded us to do this, but because we are to go to this person, we are to try to get them to repent in the last course of action is to take ourselves out of that picture. And the reason, I believe is to give them something to miss. No, brethren, uh, I've seen a few uh, married couples. It took them quite a while to get married. And in these cases I'm thinking about, you don't know what the problem was in each one of these marriages. I mean, we're talking years, years before they got married. They're engaged for years. You know what happened in all of these instances? Either one, they lived together before they got married, or two, they were having premarital relationships together. Now, brethren, let me ask you something. And all all these these cases, and every single one of these cases, it all boiled down to that the man was dragging his feet. Why was he dragging his feet? 
Why should he do anything else? Because he was already getting everything that he wanted. He didn't have to fulfill any sort of commitment. That's why I was dragging his feet. He was getting everything he wanted. When it comes to the church, when it comes to the body of Christ, and we do not withdraw fellowship, guess what they're doing? They are getting everything that they wanted. What does that mean? That means that, well, hey, um, it feels good to come and worship God. And you know what? If you've got one of those nagging parents, if you will, that they're going to tell you, hey, were you at worship? They're going to ask you that question. Whenever you come to worship, you can stamp your card and say, yes, Mom, I was there. That makes a person feel good. Another thing that it does is if you can come and you can hear God's Word being preached and you hear maybe even those good, positive sermons, that makes you feel good, right? And well, you know, at the end of the day, if withdrawal of fellowship has not gone through, they're getting everything they wanted. They're getting to come here and and be built up, and that's it. We need to give them something to miss. And brethren, our fellowship has to be that. Now, when we're talking about this, brethren, it also necessitates another thing. We have to have fellowship with one another. We have to spend time with one another. For withdrawal of fellowship to mean something. I mean if we do not pay attention to each other. If we do not spend time with each other. And someone says. Hey you know. you Think, think about it brother. If you had a job. And you're miserable at that job. And they fire you. Are you really all that upset? Think. Hmm, well I'm. Kind of relieved. Now the answer has been given to me. I can just go find another job. And I don't have to put up with that junk anymore. If we are not fellowshipping our brethren, then it means nothing. It means absolutely nothing. There is a great need for holiness But there is also a great challenge for holiness as well. Seeing holiness lived out is not popular. Had a friend who went to a Christian college, and and uh, I could I could name off a a brother in Christ, and, and and you'd probably know them or their family's name. And this young man was going to school and and he tried to do everything he could to live righteously. And the people at the school continually made fun of him. Continually. Why is that, brethren? At a Christian school that this would happen? And my friend told me, you know, I see it happening. And I, I'm talking to these guys and saying, 
why, why are you making fun of them? Why would you do that? He's just trying to do what's right. Don't make fun of him for that. You know, when we see holiness being lived out, it's it's not it's not popular. You know, just let me ask you this. Our society has changed. Let me ask you this. Have movies changed? Yeah. Have our stories changed, the stories that we like to tell? And growing up, I really enjoyed comic books. You know, one, one, uh, one person that I, I really enjoyed reading about was a uh, good old boy named Clark Kent. And, of course, he was Superman. You know, Superman had all these good qualities. You know, if if you had a daughter and you wanted them, them to marry anybody, you would have wanted to marry someone like him because he had good qualities. But then you think about the heroes that we have now that we look at and, you know, it's a sometimes hard to distinguish between who's the hero and who's the villain. Brethren, if that alone does not show us that society has changed. And I think that illustrates perfectly this idea here. Holiness is not something that people regard as being great. It's a, it's a great quality for you to have. But if you're like that, I'm just going to make fun of you. There is a challenge for holiness, and holiness will not always be perceived as something that is really good. And you will be attacked for being holy. And so I believe that, brethren, we have to be courageous in our holiness. You know, there's been several times within Scripture that there were calls to courage. You think about Joshua's succession of Moses in Deuteronomy 31 and Joshua 1. We need to be courageous and live holy lives for our Father. And Mark 12 and verse 30 it says, And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind and with all thy strength. How much energy do we exert to be holy? Do we, do we look at some things and like, ah, that's just too much trouble. I'm not going to do that. Just going to go, go along with the crowd. Brethren, we do not need to grow weary in well-doing concerning holiness. We need to seek holiness in our speech. We need to seek holiness in our thought. We need to speak holiness in our behavior. And you know what, brethren? We need to uh, seek holiness in the way that we dress. 
You know what? I believe in the need for holiness for this reason, brethren. The church must be holy because we are the bride of Christ. You go to a wedding and you see the bride walking down in that white gown. What's that supposed to represent? Purity. That she has saved herself for her husband. (coughs) Brethren, are we saving ourselves for the Lord? Are we being holy? Or have we let holiness fall by the wayside? Without holiness, we are unacceptable to God and unappealing to those who want to seek after Him. Maybe it is today that you realize that you have not been living righteously and you want to make things right with the Lord today, and we want you to do that. Maybe it is you've not yet become a Christian. We would love for you to become a Christian today. Love to help you out with that. Maybe you just need some prayers. We are so concerned for uh, for your soul that we want everyone to be right with the Lord. And so if there's anybody here that needs to respond to the invitation, please come as we stand and as we sing.